We are igniting the blockchain. I am your host, Elizabeth. Join me and my guests as we talk about everything related to cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. Nothing we say is legal advice or investment advice. Do your own research. Have fun and let's get started. This is Elizabeth, otherwise known as the Crypto Woman. Joining me today is Diane Imus. She is currently the Director of Brand and Content at Tika Solutions. Diane is a blockchain marketer, and I've enjoyed talking with her about the challenges specific to the cryptocurrency and blockchain industry. How are you doing today, Diane? I'm doing very well, Elizabeth. How are you? I'm doing well, too. I am doing well. You and I talked last week during Consensus Week, and that was really intense. And since then, I've read a couple articles about how fatiguing these uh, video conferences and face-to-face conversations online can be. And I never thought they were fatiguing because I did them a lot. But the last few weeks when I've been so excited about being everywhere in the world at once without a plane ticket and taking advantage of all these webinars, it has really tired me. I know. I mean, I I can't tell you how much I've been hearing this, especially from folks in in our industry, marketing, PR, et cetera. You know, they're just zoomed out, as they say. And um, and and it's it's interesting because I'm seeing um, that, you know, there is so much content, and and especially for B2B businesses, because I think it's really important, not just for blockchain that's already decentralized, already distributed, already online, but even for other businesses in the financial services and B2B space, you know, they've always kind of done things with webinars to educate their audiences and bring in uh, specialized clients that are in their industries. But now more than ever, you're just seeing an influx of all this amazing content. And I think people are are getting overwhelmed, frankly. So we're just in this position where we kind of need to, you know, either differentiate ourselves in the way that we do um, bring these things to life and, and have these webinars, or people will just eventually tune out. And that's what you're seeing and then this sort of fatigued kind of environment because I think that while it's going to be great we're going to get lost in the shuffle so um, I think this is going to continue to innovate we'll see new and and different ways that people are going to try to bring information to the world and and actually you know showcase a lot of what they do as as companies well and that's what you do you help us showcase what we need (laughs) to do so when did you start marketing in the blockchain space and how did you get involved I've started my career actually in investor relations and uh, moved into PR and kind of was squarely focused in the financial services and fintech space. So while I was at a company called Cognito Media, which is a global PR and marketing firm that is specific to fintech, I started to really get a glimpse of Bitcoin. And I was, uh, for lack of a better term, bit by the Bitcoin bug back in 2017. And then um, I just sort of started seeing the proliferation of all of this and how it was going to just change our lives as we know it. You know, the idea of having a new store of value being compared to, you know, what was going on in the dot-com era of the internet was just really fascinating to me. And I've always followed industries that were innovative and going to make our lives more interesting and more efficient and just more trustworthy. That idea of trust 
was just so lacking at that time, you know, given what we went through with the financial crisis back in 2008, it was just people did not trust banks. They did not trust the financial system and for good reason. So it was just coming really, really um, at, at a good time. You know, it was all, all the things kind of were serendipitous to what uh, came through uh, with, with Bitcoin and blockchain and the technology itself. So um, at that period, back in 2017, maybe early 2018, you know, I brought some new business in the blockchain space. I had uh, joined an ICO company at that time, and I really just took a, a leap of faith, so to speak, in joining a company and an industry that I was still learning about. You know, I was constantly learning new things every single day as I joined. And, you know, their focus, as was every other ICO's focus, was just to get in the media, get in front of eyeballs, get community engagement, right? Because at that time in 2018, there was a huge boom of, you know, all these ICO companies looking to raise money, right? Because they wanted to make sure that investors were going to invest and they were going gangbusters, right? So um, they brought me on board um, to, to, you know, be their spokesperson um, here in the U.S., but also abroad because um, they were focused in Asia and they wanted to, to bring themselves forward into these new markets and, and frankly, to, to have those investor backings. So that's what I was, was um, tasked to do. And um, what's interesting is that uh, back in 2018, um, there was an article that came out, I would say late late 2018 from TechCrunch, originally from Breaker Magazine, if anyone knows. In the crypto or blockchain space, Breaker Magazine is, is quite a good publication and they're, they're very, um, I guess, accurate with the information. They, 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 they treat themselves as real reporters, which we always appreciate in the industry as, as PR professionals. We, we want the real thing. Um, but what was interesting is that TechCrunch came out with a piece that said that, you know, over half of crypto news publications were pay for play. So in other words, you know, a lot of the information that people were putting out there, they were paying for. And on top of that, there was no sponsored tags related to this, which is really interesting. And, and, you know, for lack of a better word, scammy, right? Because people were getting all of this quote unquote misinformation from um, a lot of these CEO interviews and, and just news articles that they thought were coming from real life reporters, but in actuality, they were getting paid something like $4,000, $5,000 or one BTC, um, you know, for publishing that news. So, so 2018 was a really murky time for, for blockchain companies, especially as the ICOs came to pass. And, uh, you know, I'm not writing them off because obviously I joined the company and I, I do, I still believed in, in what they were trying to do, but there were so many scams out there that people just couldn't figure out how to make sense of it all. And media at that time was not helping it. So... Do you think media has improved? I, I know from my experience with some smaller um, platforms and, and projects trying to get the word out was difficult because it's hard to come up with one Bitcoin per article or to justify that in the pay to play space. So you just don't get that recognition. So is that changing in your opinion? I do. I do believe that it is because, you know, we're, we're thinking about news and media and it's their job to, to bring truth to light. So it wasn't long before people started catching on to what was going on. So obviously, you know, a lot of the publications were, were really cleaning up their act and a lot of their, the, the ones that were guilty of such things like CryptoVest and BTC Manager and News BTC, all of those 
kind of um, blogs and, and news media, they had to, you know, adjust and adapt to the idea that people were not going to start believing what they were writing if this was the case. And it was, it was, you know, so, so I think, you know, in 2019 and even early 2020, I think we're seeing a huge shift in the way that uh, the media is treating a lot of these companies. They're being very careful. They're getting second sources. They're not just, um, you know, interviewing uh, companies and just you know, putting that news out there. So I think um, right now, you're, the, the cream always rises to the top, right? And the same goes for the blockchain and crypto news industry. So, so you are seeing companies come, um, actually come out there like the block, right? This was this is fairly new, but you know, they're former reporters that actually started this publication and they're, they're doing their jobs to, to find truth and they are real truth seekers and, and doing the right thing by, by publishing news you know, free of any pay for plays, um, outside of, you know, what you would normally uh, think about subscription based uh, journalism, which is not unlike the New Wall Street Journal or the New York Times, right? So they're doing things the right way. And same with Coindesk. I think Coindesk has always kind of stayed above the fray when it came to this, this kind of thing. But you know, people, there was always a rumors going around um, about certain reporters or, or what have you. But I do think for the most part, you know, those two publications um, are doing a good job in reporting the right type of news. And I mean, if you look at lists right now, you know, there's, there's, there's some uh, top three, I would say, publications. Coindesk still remains number one, and then Cointelegraph is, I would say, number two or three. Um, but, you know, I think that they have changed. I think at some point, Cointelegraph did ask for money for, for press releases, let's just say. And I don't think they, they do that any longer because it's just not, it's not a best practice and it's not what some, it's not what people want to read. They don't want to read, um, you know, news that is being uh, paid for or if a company has a lot of investor cash, um, they don't, they don't want to be duped, right? Like we're always, you know, so skeptical now because we've been trained to do that, to be this way that, um, you know, it's almost like refreshing to see that now finally news media is coming, you know, to, to a whole new kind of uh, set of values and ideals that we can actually begin to trust. Okay, let's just imagine that I'm a little project and yeah. I want to get the word out. And how do I do that? Is there a place where I post my press releases that crypto and blockchain journalists go to first? Is is there a way that I get on the radar? So I would look at it as, you know, treat yourself like any other small company, regardless if you are in the blockchain or crypto space, right? The way you do it is go to Businesswire, PR Newswire, Globes, Globes Newswire, and publish a press release and it will be featured on Yahoo Finance. And then you will have other media pick that up, like news aggregators, right? You'll, you'll, you'll hopefully uh, appear on MarketWatch or other, other channels that uh, can, can feature this and perhaps other... Bitcoin blogs, but you will be featured as a press release, right? It won't be masked as news that is original content, right? It will be featured as a press release. So that's how I would see it is, you know, treat yourself like a regular company, right? Um, blockchain and crypto shouldn't be any different from that, right? Um, and if you do have a good PR person, you know, you would have them speak to the right type of reporters and pitch them like they would any other company. So I think that is, um, that is what they should do. And what I would say is it's, uh, you know, obviously more challenging in this space, right? We're still quite nascent 
and there's not enough publications out there that are interested or, or truly understand the space to cover it. You know, you're seeing a lot of um, kind of crypto focused and blockchain focused reporters in different publications like Fortune and Forbes and um, Bloomberg and the Wall Street Journal. And of course, you know, they're dealing with, you know, an influx of pitches from different blockchain companies and they themselves need to identify whether this is a, a project that they could pursue because they've previously never dealt with this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's quite challenging just as an industry to break through right now because, you know, we need to wait for media and reporters to become more educated about these topics. And um, I think they're, they're trying and I think it's, it's moving quickly, right? I think that we are adapting and we are seeing more and more reporters come to the forefront and actually know what they're talking about and writing about that. But, you know, there's, there's still, they're still green, right? So we can't really um, expect too much at this moment. And I do think, you know, it is a struggle for smaller blockchain companies. And that's why I think they have to be more creative than just go to the press, right? They need to do their own type of, and, and take it internally and, and look at different marketing tactics to put their names out there, right? Whether it's social media or virtual events or anything really. But I think that we need to branch out into digital media kind of, um, tactics to, to do this sort of thing? Well, there are a lot of favorites among those social media platforms. Which yep. ones do you like best for blockchain and crypto? So I will just mention because I can't go without not mentioning it, but I think the, the most popular right now for, for crypto and blockchain are going to remain Reddit, Telegram, um, Discord, right? Th those are the, the specific to blockchain ones. And but it really, it, it all depends on your audience. Who do you want to reach? Do you want to reach other blockchain enthusiasts and or, you know, folks that are already in the industry? Or do you want to reach a whole nother sector of audiences like, you know, the financial services industry? Do you want to reach, you know, CIOs and um, perhaps CEOs? You know, it really just depends where you want to be. So if let's say I'm a you know, financial services or capital markets blockchain company, I'm not going to necessarily necessarily use those channels. I will probably, you know, lean toward LinkedIn um, type of, of advertising or perhaps do uh, LinkedIn lives, right, uh, to get the attention of people, right? Because we are we are seeing that those those channels are a little bit more effective and maybe perhaps Facebook and Google advertisements, right? To, to um, support some of this organic stuff that I'm doing. So, so yeah, it's just, it just depends on the, the channel. It depends on, you know, where, who, who you want to reach. I think that blogs are, are in a lot of ways um, effective too. Um, if you can, you know, speak to Harvest Daily Digest and fe be featured there, you know, a lot of asset management companies use that channel. Right. Um, that, that's what I, what I think, because you do want to be taken seriously by people and folks outside of your industry. Right. Not just um, speaking within a vacuum. Right. Speaking to your own kind of groups. And that happens so often. We, yeah. we speak to the choir in the crypto community often when we're trying to talk about a project that we want to take to the broader masses. And exactly the platforms you mentioned are are suspect for that. Definitely. It, it's kind of like, you know, we have cryptocurrency and we have blockchain and the people who talk about cryptocurrency only think about cryptocurrency and trading and prices. And the people who are talking about the technology are often talking about the projects and the development and where this is going to take us. And I think we can find different platforms that focus on 
on different ones of those things too. Um, but yeah. I, I just, I can't keep up with the spam and I can't sort through it. You know what? It's funny that you mentioned that because I'm, I'm really good friends with a lot of communications professionals in the space. And I've heard that the same exact thing. And, you know, these are legitimate companies. These are companies that have business, ha are profitable. And they're saying that, you know, we've actually never had a telegram because we've never needed one. And what we found is that somebody impersonated them and actually created a handle um, with their logo, with their company name and started trying to, uh, you know, take, you know, clients or try to create business on the platform and it was just awful right because they had to you know go to telegram and and multiple times they had to speak to their representatives to get this blocked this account you know removed because there's not enough safeguards in place to actually prove that this person is who they say they are within telegram and that's the issue right you use a phone number that is um that, and you create a, a, a name and if it's not claimed then you can impersonate anyone which is, you know, going against everything we believe in when it comes to blockchain. When you talk about taking unclaimed names, some people just vary the spelling of the name a little tiny bit. And they've yeah. done that for me before, both as a crypto woman and in a company that I used to own. Years ago, uh, they impersonated my company name and caused real damage to me. They just represented it as a very, very, very immature and poor personage. And it used my, um, my avatar and a very slight variation on my, uh, on the spelling. And it was very difficult for then for me to get it taken down by Twitter. I had to send all kinds of documentation, including, you know, the formation of my business and when I did it and all kinds of offline verification that I was who I said I was. And eventually they did take it down. Um, I've documented it with a lot of screenshots. I think it's a little bit easier now. I've also been impersonated more recently and it seemed not to take quite so much um, background work, but it's, it's not fun. And, yeah. and it's bad marketing, um, and PR slam on somebody who's trying to build up a, a digital reputation. Such a shame that you had to go through that. And, you know, you work so hard in building your brand and your business. And it's, you know, it's something that you take pride in. And just to see that kind of being taken away or at least attempted to, to be that, you know, is, is really tough. And so, you know, I'm really sorry to hear that. But, I, I you know, it's not the first time in, in Twitter of all places, right? Like Twitter is just, it's, it's, it's almost the foundation of, 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 blockchain in in you know speaking what you're you're feeling speaking your mind you know it's if you're not on twitter and you know i failed to mention this before but twitter is is so huge right the the, the blockchain community on twitter is huge right crypto twitter as we like to call it right. is just massive right so it's horrible to even see that because people just you know latch on to anything that anybody says on there, right? Um, but it, it is funny that you mention this because there are certain companies that are um, certain blockchain companies that are trying to prevent this sort of thing from happening, and one of them is called Althea AI. Um, so they're a synthetic media marketplace, and um, they're trying to actually educate the world about deep fakes and AI-generated media. So it's almost similar to what, what you're doing, but they're using an AI power technology to, to combat something like this. And they're actually um, partnered with Oasis Labs, which, uh, which is a privacy software company, I think backed by Adresen Horowitz. Um, Horowitz. 
Um, and they, you know, it, because it's being, it's so, it's such a problem that I think that we absolutely need to find a solution. And, and you don't have to look too far, not even within blockchain, but even with, you know, the upcoming election, right? I can, you know, all this fake news that is coming, coming about, you know, so um, it, it's, it's really interesting that, you know, we have to fight so hard to make sure that what, you know, we're, we're keeping our names in check and that our brands aren't suffering for, for all the fraud that's going on. Because, you know, frankly speaking, I don't even know what the purpose is of these impersonations because eventually the companies will find out. And it's almost like you've went through the trouble of impersonating with, with nothing to show for it. You know, like what could have even come, come from this? For my business, my company years ago, I have no clue. I absolutely have yeah. no clue. When, when they revealed the name of the person to me, I didn't even know that person's name. For the crypto woman, I believe it was to spread false information in my name. <laughs> mm. And, and, and the, the, you know, there is something to that. Uh, if they, if people don't look carefully, especially when they swipe your image, your avatar and, and react yeah. with that. Right. So we do have to be careful. And I guess that's just another thing that we should say to the average reader is be really, really careful who, yep you know, who you're reading, make sure it really is who you think it is before you repost or believe. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like you, you have to do so much more due diligence in this industry than you have to do anywhere else um, because that's just the name of the game. And because we're so nascent, you know, you're going to see fraudsters. It's just the way that it goes. And I think that you've, um, I think you've seen a lot of that obviously happen in the, in the, during the ICO boom. And, um, you know, because, with uh, anonymity comes a lot of just bad actors, right? And and that will that will be the case no matter um, you know what type of industry you're in. So um, I think that the idea of um, the blockchain media um, and and just you know making sure that you're reading things carefully, like making sure that you trust the reporters, that you're seeing other sources, is really key. Right. Um, don't just uh, believe something based on one article. Make sure that there are other, are other articles that support these things. Right. Um, so that's just a few ways to do it. And, you know, if you're still skeptical, I would also just reach out to the company and see, you know, just do your own homework yourself. Right. If, especially if you're an investor and any investors listening, you know, never just invest in anything based on news. I would, you know, make sure that you have a conversation with the founders. Um, make sure that you have all those questions answered. Um, even if you are a retail investor, right? Even if you're not putting too much money behind it, you just never know. And I think um, companies will do their part to give you the information that you're requesting because um, they do want your support. And if you're um, if if you're somebody that is serious uh, about this industry, um, you're you're going to have to do your homework at least, you know. So it's it's something that you know we all we all need to think about collectively. Diane, what are you doing right now in this space? What are you working on? I was just recently with a company called Prometheum, which is a blockchain securities company. And now um, with Tika Solutions, we're, uh, we're actually in the process of speaking to a number of different uh, projects that are looking to go to market and find ways that um, you know, they, can, they can bring their uh, solutions to light in, in new and, and innovative and creative ways. And I think right now, more than ever, they're looking to us 
for uh, digital media solutions and uh, digital kind of um, marketing kind of ways to, to put themselves out there, not just through social media, but how can they automate their systems? How could they, you know, use analytics to be a little bit more mindful of where their customers go and how they interact with them? So, um, you know, all of these are kind of in the works. Stay tuned. Um, you guys can visit uh, my company at and I'm actually Kirti's company too uh, at www.tikaco.com and you know reach out to us. But we are we are definitely open to uh, speaking with different blockchain companies. We are actually industry agnostic. Um, we're not focused on the blockchain space, but because we have that you know experience, um, we we absolutely love to serve um, you know our our friends in in this space. And then on top of that, uh, what I should mention is that I am the New York City community partner at uh, the FinTech Connector. And a lot of our members, um, we're a lot are from the blockchain and crypto world, and we are there to connect with one another and to try to find to uh, match innovators and enablers, whether they're looking for, you know, companies that they want to invest in or have, you know, questions uh, about how to move forward in their, in their um, kind of journeys, you know, we are uh, kind of that bridge, right, uh, to, to make impact in the fintech industry. And so um, that is probably a lot more uh, blockchain and crypto focused. So, you know, it's, it's free to join at the moment. And um, if, if, you know, you guys want to get involved, um, I have, um, a lot of kind of uh, things on my LinkedIn page that um, that that show how you can can join and become a member. But um, but yeah, a lot of our events speak to the blockchain and crypto community. So it's 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 a lot of educational um, stuff there too. So we'll be sure to put that information in the show notes. But that brings me yeah. to a point that we didn't talk about yet. That's part of yeah. this marketing space, and that's networking. Yeah. And you know the the social media platforms give us a shoe in to making those connections with people around the world that we might not otherwise. But how important is networking in this space? I think it's everything right now. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, the people that were there since the beginning, like the founders of different projects, they just created teams based on who they knew from their own personal networks and they just built it you know, uh, driven by passion, but almost like, let's just pull whoever we think is, is capable of doing this and just go, right? They're, we were moving a mile a minute. We're still seeing this now, but I think networking is so important because, you know, you're not going to take anyone from the outside world and just, you know, put them into a project because it's a lot of work, right? There's a lot that goes into, um, you know, helping market a crypto company because it is so much harder than regular industries. So you need to just trust that that person has the, you know, at least whatever knowledge they have, even if it is limited by way of having just a couple of years in the space, but can do this job, right? Because it's, it's not just uh, let's hire anyone. And I, I think that, you know, blockchain companies were challenged in the past to to get the right types of people in the door and you know in, in a lot of cases they they crashed and burned because they hire people in in uh, really large positions in the financial services industry and they they didn't quite get how to you know work inside of a blockchain company because it was so fast moving and because it was it was different from a lot of what they saw in the past so so yeah networking is is key and I think that because 
you know, blockchain started with all of the events, right? How did people even get to know a blockchain event? It was because there was thousands of conferences out there that people were starting to attend. And I think naturally we just started networking with everybody we could just to learn more because we were so voracious for information. So um, it was birthed out of networking. So I think that that holds true even today. Um, if you know somebody that knows somebody that can be good for this type of role, you're going to recommend them and that's how they get in. It's, it's pretty, I mean, you're seeing this now where there are still public postings for jobs. Um, but personally speaking, I, I have a good you know, idea that a lot of these people are actually taking people that they know within the company to, to work at these positions. Um, and, and, you know, of course they want to do their, their homework and they want to make sure that they're interviewing everybody, but you know, the large, you know, the large and short of it is that they're, they're, they're still probably, you know, working with, um, internal folks that they can trust. So, you know, when I try to put somebody on a team of a project that I'm advising or working on myself, I tend to go to people I know or people yeah. Uh, who knows somebody that I trust because you are trusting people with some important things here yep. in the crypto space. It, it's not just exposing them to the typical box. For instance, if you're going to be a developer in this space, you might have access to private keys. And yep. I've heard of people taking off with private keys before. So you have to be really careful. And that brings me to another thing. When we do our networking as individuals or as companies, we need to put our best foot forward always in any industry, right? But in the crypto industry, there's a few barriers <laughs> that we have to overcome. Identification with cryptocurrency doesn't need to be negative, but a lot of times it is negative, sometimes because of the ICOs and mm -hmm. in that fiasco that we had a couple of years ago, or going back even further to when the main reason it was known was because of like Silk Road and Dark Web activity how do we overcome that it's a good question because um i i strongly believe that nobody should have access to private keys or any you know really really uh private and secure information that is outside of the shareholders or founders of the company you know, um, so any of that, you know, IP related info and that, and I mean, and I, I hate to say, it, but that goes for the same thing goes for other traditional companies, right? You don't want to put um, very sensitive information into the hands of people that you can't absolutely trust and people that don't have skin in the game, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that, um, you know, as is the case with, with any company, you, you put contracts in place, you know, you make sure that only certain people are uh, privy to certain information. And, um, you know, you just hope that you can grow a company based on that, um, you know, loyalty and support. And I think that also goes back to the, the genetic um, makeup of a company, right? It's still very important to make sure that you create um, a foundation of values within your company that your employees are all supporting, right? You're not going to hire uh, employees that you feel that aren't going to um, have integrity, right? You hire people based on their characters. And, um, you know, you make sure that you have a culture that breeds folks that are, are loyal to you and want to grow the company and don't have any ill will um, toward, toward uh, you know, their own kind of agendas, right? So um, I think that it's really important to, to, to be smart about who you hire, um, to, to protect your IP, right? Um, and also to just be um, kind of 
aware, right? Um, we need to be self-aware and we need to know that what goes on. We can't be founders of companies, you know, and especially not blockchain companies, not knowing what goes on inside of their our organization, no matter how big we grow. So um, it's, it's really important to have that, um, you know, those skills as, as a founder. And I think, you know, while there are many that don't have this, but the, the companies that will survive and succeed are the, the ones that are able to have those leadership traits um, and can instill those values within their company and to their greater community and employees. So. And how would a company present themselves to the broader world? You know, adoption is a big buzzword right now in our community. We want to get ourselves out there. We want to be understood and we, wanted to, we want to be well received. How yep. do we present ourselves? Um, to be quite honest, I think it's just, um, just be truthful, be um, transparent as much as you can. You know, over communicating is, uh, I think, the best policy. And, you know, for the most part, I, I am not, um, I, I've seen this happen a lot, but don't hype yourselves up if you don't have anything to show for it, right? I've seen it time and time again where companies are, are talking a big game, they're, they're doing these events, they're, they're creating all of this hype, and they have no actual product, right? They're either still in development or they're still actually, you know, building some things. You know, I would say, you know, uh, build quietly, right? Do this, um, on, you know, keep this under wraps and until you have something to really show for it. And the first, you know, words that you say, you want to make sure that they are actually meaningful, that they are about something. And that's how you create adoption because the greater world and, and you know, the global community is not going to take blockchain seriously if this continues to happen where there's just all these smoke and mirrors um, type of activity happening, right? So, so I think it's up to us and, um, you know, it's, it's, on, it's our uh, responsibility as, you know, projects and, and blockchain kind of founders to, to only really bring forth uh, tangible, um, you know, products and solutions to the world, right? Um, we can't just blow, uh, you know, all of this um, information and, and put it out there without having anything to show for it, right? And that's what I think will, will help us move forward because adoption is, is such a, a, a question mark, I think, for so many people. Um, and people are saying, well, I don't see it, this happening and, and it's been around for so long, so probably never gonna happen, right? So that is what we're battling right now. We're, it's an uphill battle to get people to support a lot of these projects that you know, are really, you know, really, really good. There is something there, but we can't just be frivolous in the way that we talk about ourselves. So I think that's gonna be the important factor of, of adoption and moving forward and just getting support, frankly, because you know we have ideas and we could create something great, but we're never gonna get that to come to fruition if we don't have investors backing us, right? And that's the case with all startups. Um, so it's really important that um, you know, investors can, can look at us, now, and not just the ones that have been around forever, right? Um, not just blockchain capital, not just uh, Andreessen Horowitz and, and, you know, all those guys, but we need to get even traditional investors to take a look at blockchain and be like, oh, this is really cool. This is really something that's going to, you know, make an impact. So, um, so yeah, I think just try to be as, uh, as honest and transparent as possible. Those were really good words because the flip side of that, the smoke and mirrors, the hype, the... Yeah the talking about what could be or would be and that never comes to pass is actually doing the 
whole industry a lot of harm. Right, right. Uh, you know, because you're right. When people look look into the space, they want to see things happening. Those words that you said, it's been around a long time, but we don't see anything yet. Uh, yeah. And that's because so many people are talking and not actually showing. Diane, it's been really, really enlightening hearing your take on the blockchain industry from a marketing and PR perspective. I wish you well and hope that you find many blockchain projects to work with because it sounds like you could bring a lot of talent to projects and help move them forward. And we'll put your contact information in the show notes. And is there any last word that you would like to say before we sign off? Yeah, I guess I, I just want to say that, um, you know, this is this industry has been a whirlwind. And what I would encourage other listeners is that, you know, don't believe everything that you hear, do your homework, get involved, um, try to get some, some Bitcoin in your account. There's, there's no time like the present to diversify your portfolios or even just be a first time investor to just get to know what this is like, because um, there's just a lot of uh, hype, as we say, going around. So it's just, it's good to practice what you preach, so to speak. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Check out ignitingtheblockchain.com for materials referenced during this podcast and for a list of other conversations about blockchain technology and cryptocurrency. See you around the block.